for this entire series. It's a three-week series, and uh, we are defining Christmas with one word each week. Last week, we talked about Christmas being light. Jesus is our light. And we took that out of Isaiah 9. And today I want to revisit Isaiah 9. And today's word is increase. Increase. We read out of NIV last week. We're going to read out of New Living Translation this week. It says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. And the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And that's really what we keyed in on last week. If you're walking through darkness today, I want you to know that you will see a great light if you turn your eyes upon Jesus. He is the light of the world. He is our light. Amen? Now, sometimes he's like a lighthouse. And man, we just have to keep focused on a long-term or long-range light. Sometimes he's like that flashlight and all we can see is the next step ahead of us. But either way, he's providing light for us. Scripture goes on to say, for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you at people Uh, as people rejoice at the harvest and the warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of slavery. You will lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniform bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. And we know now, looking back, that child is Jesus Christ. A son, God's only begotten son, has been given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. (coughs) He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government (coughs) and its peace will never end. He will... (coughs) Would you mute me for a minute, Mark? Ralph. <coughs> Sorry about that. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. For how long? For all eternity, the Bible says. The passionate command of the Lord of heaven's army will make this happen. So in this passage, uh, the prophet Isaiah predicts the coming of the Messiah. And he talks about the kingdom, not an earthly kingdom, but the spiritual kingdom, the heavenly kingdom that this chosen one, the Messiah, Jesus, will establish for all of God's people. And today's word I want to take out of uh, the verse uh, number three that New Living says, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. Other versions of the Bible use the word you will increase. 
And that's the word I want us to focus in on today, because we live in this world that I would call a world of diminishing returns. You know, it almost feels like uh, everything is shrinking, not just the stock market, uh, but just everything seems to be shrinking. We don't have as much time as we used to. How many, you know, have time to sit on the front porch at night and just enjoy your neighborhood? You know, we're busy. It seems like the freedom uh, is shrinking. It seems like our happiness, our potential, or our chances of life that we once had is diminishing. That's why I say it's like a, a, a living in a culture of diminishing returns. A lot of people think that their world is getting smaller. You know, time is running out. Problems are crowding in, and things just aren't the way they used to be. In fact, I was talking to a a young man, probably in his 20s, wasn't Pastor Allen, uh, but it was a young man about Allen's age. And he said to me, you know, I really miss the good old days. I thought, well, that's an interesting statement for this, you know, 20-some-year-old kid to say, I miss the good old days. Can you imagine that? You know, but even when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, I often heard adults say, well, our best days are behind us. It'll never be like it was, you know, during the 50s or whatever. We, we always seem to think that opportunities don't exist like they once did. The people don't care about church or God or spiritual things like they once did. And I've heard often, but time has proven a lot of those statements false. There are more people accepting Jesus Christ today than there's ever been. Wow, man, someone should have said amen or hallelujah. There are more people accepting Christ daily than it ever been. Man, the Assemblies of God are planting churches faster than we've ever planted churches. The real problem I've discovered is the idea that our quality of life is uh, somehow determined by the availability of known resources. In other words, if you don't have plenty of this or you don't have plenty of that, that your life is going to be less than it could be. This or that generally amounts to money or material possessions. But I'm here today to tell you from the Word of God, there's much more to life than material possessions. And I'm here to tell you that one of the gifts that Jesus has for you and I today is that he came with a promise to give us an abundance, an increase in our life. John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life abundantly. That is a promise of God. That's a gift of God. It's prophesied here in Isaiah 9 that we should be people who enjoy the increase of God in our life. No matter what the culture or the world's telling us, we can live in a world that's ever increasing. Now, believers do not live in a world of, of shrinking resources, at least not the resources that matter. We live in a world in 2022, soon to be 2023, of expanding resources. I believe that God's going to give you more in 23 than you had last year. Now, I'm not talking about some of the, 
you know, the, the resources that your mind might go to. And that's what we're going to explore today. When I say that Isaiah prophesied the Messiah will bring increase and enlarge our lives, what exactly is he talking about? I want to consider three things of increase that we can count on as we follow Jesus into 2023. And the first is an ever-increasing opportunity. Now, in verse 3, it says, you will enlarge the nation of Israel. Other versions, I think New King James, I looked it up, says, you have multiplied. Whether it's enlarged or multiplied, that denotes an increase. You will have more opportunities next year than you have had in the years past. Now, let's go back to the context that Isaiah was written. The nation of Israel had leaders that through their disobedience had plunged the entire nation into darkness, <laughs> made them targets for surrounding enemies. But it's not always going to be that way, Isaiah says, because God's going to multiply the nation again and again, the Bible says that Israel will walk in the blessings of light and abundance. Now, those words don't apply just to Judah. This is written 700 years before Jesus was born. It doesn't just apply to that northern kingdom during this time that Israel was divided. But friends, it applies to us today. It applies to the church we are not members of some kind of dying brigade fighting for its last breath. Man, we are members, friends, of the church of Jesus Christ, an ever-increasing kingdom with increasing opportunities on the horizon. It is absolutely amazing the way that we can reach people for Jesus now that we couldn't 20 years ago, let alone 50 years ago. Now, some equate living the Christian life, you know, kind of as a spiritual version of, of Custer's last stand. You know, man, you got to hang on. You know, kind of like we're at the Alamo or something. The world is winning. Darkness is winning. Sin is winning. It's terrible. You just got to hang on. No, it's not about hanging on. It's about walking forward in the ever-increasing opportunities that Jesus has given us. Yes, we as a people and we as a church might experience setbacks from time to time, suffer defeat from time to time, just like Israel did, but that's not how the story ends. Victory is right around the corner. God's increase is on its way. Some of you remember kind of a, a hot item within Christianity, oh, probably 15, 20 years ago, was a book that was called The Prayer of Jabez. A, man, a, a very simple prayer based out of First Chronicles. We went through it as a church. Man, it empowered many people who faithfully prayed that one prayer out of First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. Do you remember... That prayer, do you remember the second section of that prayer? It was, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders. That should still be our prayer because that's a promise of God here that we follow the light 
and he will enlarge our life with ever-increasing opportunities. Oh, Lord, I just want you to enlarge my borders, my life, my territory. It's about expanding outreach. It's about tapping into new possibilities. You know, something I've learned about following Jesus is even though there may be times when money is tight and we're squeezed even for time, I've never lacked opportunity to do good in God's kingdom. There's never been a lack of opportunity to be a blessing to other people. You'll never lack opportunity to minister to people who are in need. I was so glad to hear this morning that we had about 20-some people who weren't able to attend our Christmas dinner on Friday night. You know, the weather was turning, it was snowing, there's illness, and we still had almost 100 people. What a great time it was, a fellowship. But we had about 20 people who weren't able to be there, but they had bought their tickets. So we had tons of leftover food, which we took down to the lighthouse. The lighthouse looked at that turkey and the dressing and the potatoes, and they said, you know, this will feed almost 50 people. And I thought, wow, there is an opportunity for us to minister to those in our community that we didn't even realize was there. But see, there's just one example of how there's always opportunities because God has promised these increase in opportunities for us to serve him. That's why Jesus in his prayer in Matthew chapter 9 says the harvest is plentiful. We never lack opportunities to do good. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is the second half of that prayer where he says the workers are few. Are you, am I recognizing the opportunities we have? Part of Christmas is that Jesus came to give us increase. Not talking about your pocketbook. (laughs) Talking about the opportunities you have to share Jesus even this Christmas season. Man, regardless of what may appear to be going on in the borders of your life. Even if you're like the leaders of Israel... And maybe you've created problems for yourself because you've been disobedient. I mean, we've all done that. Even if we're in that situation, I want you to know that God is willing. In fact, he's eager to multiply your territory, to expand your borders, to fill your life with new opportunities to make a difference in his kingdom. The scripture declares that in Isaiah 9. That's why the second One word definition of Christmas I'm presenting to you today is increase. Jesus came to fill your life with purpose, with direction. And because of Jesus, you and me and everyone here today, everyone who's watching online can enjoy ever increasing opportunities to do good in the world we live. Now, ever increasing opportunities leads me to the next area of increase I want to talk about. And that is ever-increasing joy. I'm so glad we started the service today by singing about joy. Because notice they're tied together. Look at verse 3 again. 
as our opportunities increase, the nation is being enlarged, the borders are being expanded, it says, and its people will rejoice. Hallelujah. We have ever increasing joy as we follow Jesus because he came to give us abundant life. Do you have an abundance of joy? <laughs> have you ever noticed that no one ever says, man, I sure wish I weren't as joyful all the time as I am. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just so tired of being happy. I just, no. People have said, you know, this, this, this money issue has become a burden. Or this dream job of mine has become a nightmare. Or this relationship I thought was going to be wonderful is not so wonderful. But I've never heard in 40 years of ministry someone saying, you know, Pastor, this joy is really getting me down. <laughs> it's holding me back. Not only does God want to give us the opportunity to do good, an increase of opportunities. He wants to fill our heart with joy, joy unspeakable that's full of glory. Man, over the years, I've known more people that I can count whose lives have become all about, you know, possessing the prize, whatever the prize is in their mind, about ambition, about success, about degrees, about money. Ultimately, what happens is instead of those things making them happy, they find themselves more miserable. Jesus knew all about that. He addressed it. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 he says, what are you really going to benefit if you gain the world but lose your soul? A way you can translate that is lose yourself. <laughs> what if it's benefit if you gain the whole world and lose yourself? God has said it from the very beginning. In effect, if you will find your life in me, I will give you something that no one else can give you. Abiding joy. And that comes from abiding in Jesus. By making sure that we as branches are always secure in the vine. Jesus is the vine. He is the one that is providing the joy for us. Man, when I was a kid, we used to sing a song, constantly abiding. Constantly abiding. Jesus is mine. See, that's our choice if we're going to abide. But if we abide, we'll have ever-increasing joy in our life. It's what St. Peter called joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. You know, it's sad that sometimes we foolishly demand that, you know, God give us this or that. You know, we want our needs met right now. We want a, sol a problem solved right now. Um, we want a turbulence-free life right now. I've got to be honest with you. God has never promised us an easy life or trouble-free life. But listen to what he promised us in John chapter 15, verse 11. In this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have some pain and disappointment. You'll have challenges. I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. 
Yes, your joy will overflow. Why do I say Christmas can be defined by the word increase? Because Christmas brings us Jesus, and Jesus said that we can have an increase of joy no matter what we're going through. You can't just snap your fingers and expect your problems to go away. But you can claim the promise of God that your joy can be full. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And there'll be times in your life when maybe other areas aren't quite as full. Like maybe your bank account. But you can say, Lord, even during this season of waiting, this season of anticipation, this season of walking by faith, I look to you because I know that I can have joy. It's part of what Christmas is all about. And we know it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. As a whole uh, different teaching, but as we walk in the Holy Spirit, as we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, as we keep plugged into the vine of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is going to naturally grow. And part of that fruit is joy. Joy. Even when the circumstances of life aren't what we want them to be, we can experience opportunity to do good and enlarge the kingdom. We can experience joy. And the third ever-increasing area of our life is impact. Impact. Let's read once again verses 6 and 7. I'll try to do it without coughing this time. For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I've said this often, particularly the last three or four years, but I just want to say it again. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, Jesus came into the world not to preach about politics, not to preach about military strategy. He came to introduce to us the reality of the kingdom of God. And he said very clearly even though some of the disciples didn't get it, and there's still disciples of his today that don't get it. He did say, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. But it is here right now because it's within us. Amen. Now the kingdom is here, yet we know the kingdom is yet to come. But it is here with us. He didn't come to establish any certain government in any certain nation. He came to rule in the hearts of those who will call upon his name. And if you've called upon his name and placed your faith in Jesus, you're part of the kingdom of God. And his Holy Spirit dwells in you. 
he reigns in your heart. And that's the kingdom that he's talking about, the no boundaries. They're ever expanding geographically. It's not about geographical boundaries. It's about these, these spiritual boundaries. It exists all over the world. God's kingdom is this worldwide movement of those who are committed to him. I was just talking to somebody this week about what God's doing in Iraq and Iran. It is absolutely phenomenal, the revival happening in those countries. God's doing some great things. And we have to remember we're part of that kingdom. And on this Sunday that we honor our missionaries and pray for our missionaries, we have to remember we are a global community. Wenatchee First Assembly is not just one small church and one small community in, you know, the western United States. We are part of a global community, a family made up of men and women from every tribe, every nation, every generation. And we're making an impact. The church is making an impact. Man, it's exciting when you really kind of look beyond Washington State or the United States. I mean, throughout Africa, throughout Asia, throughout South America, lives are being changed. And I know they're being changed here too. But I just want you to know there are pockets of great revival that we are part of. Man, marriage is being restored and families being reunited. Hope is taking roots in communities where there was no hope until that missionary got there and introduced the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And then there were these opportunities and there was joy and there's impact because God's people are at work in God's kingdom and good things are happening on this planet. Why? Well, we read it. Because of the increase of the government and of peace, there'll be no end. See, when we read that word government, we trip because we think of earthly governments. But if you think of that government as being the government of the kingdom of God, wow, the increase of his government, the body of Christ is growing, and of peace, there will be no end. Have you ever thought about what the world might look like if God's people weren't actively involved in doing good, in spreading the gospel? Now, I know we live in a day the church has plenty of critics. (laughs) Man, we get blamed for about every problem that comes down the pike. Yet, you know something? The church of Jesus Christ just continues to build schools, to build hospitals, to build churches, to drill wells so people don't have to walk two miles, but they have fresh water right in their village. I know the church is sometimes defined as being narrow-minded and intolerant by the world, but we ignore that and we continue to do what Jesus has called us to do. And the gospel spreading. 
Man, whenever there's a disaster on the global scale, (laughs) it's the Christian ministries like Convoy of Hope that are often the first to arrive and often the last to leave. Convoy of Hope is still working in areas that were devastated by tornadoes last year. They're still there helping. And I know there are things in the church that need to change. That goes without saying. But can you imagine what the world would look like if God's people weren't doing the good that we're doing? Spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just about improving people's lives here and now. It's about introducing them to Jesus so they might have eternal life forever. (coughs) That's the kingdom the Messiah came to establish. And I want you to know that kingdom is alive and well in 2022. It doesn't exist in a palace or a castle. It exists in the hearts and the passion and the ministry of people like you and me. It's a very, very small part that we would take food down to the lighthouse, but it's all part of increasing his kingdom. As long as we are on this planet, as long as we are alive, we'll never stop doing the work that he's called us to do. And his kingdom will continue to increase. Look this week, you will have an increasing amount of opportunities to do good. It might be something simple like, you know, putting a $5 bill in the Salvation Army kettle. It might be going over and shoveling your neighbor's driveway. It might be inviting someone to the reflection service. Next Sunday's a great opportunity to bring a friend. There'll be some dramatic readings. There'll be some media. There'll be special music. We'll be singing carols, having communion. But there will be opportunity for you to make a difference. Today's Christmas word is increase. You can have increased joy. And you can have increased impact. Maybe that's through your giving to missions. It's been a lot of years since we've done an actual missions convention. But you know, there's room for you to get involved even financially in helping us in our mission program by just giving a little bit more every month designated just toward missions so that we can continue to have that impact. There's all sorts of things we can do. And I want you to know your life can have significance this Christmas season and into 2023. Why? Because Isaiah 9, I truly believe, tells us that we can count on an increase of opportunities. We can count on an increase of joy. And working together with other members of the body of Christ, we'll have an increase of impact. Every day, God's moving in us in a direction toward building the kingdom. That's why we can have that increasing impact. So friends, don't feel like your resources are limited. Don't feel like the world is getting smaller. As I said, 
We're able to do more now because of technology, because of, of so many other things. We're doing more now than we ever have before. And Jesus wants to do more in your life than ever before. Because Jesus came to give you more than enough, an increase in everything that really matters. Let him fill your life with purpose. Let him fill your life with direction. And most of all, let's allow Jesus to fill our life with joy. Amen? Let's stand and have a word of prayer as we prepare to sing this final song. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity we have to look at Isaiah 9 and maybe a different way than we have in the past. And thank you for the word increase. You have come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, I pray that each of us will see an increase of opportunities to serve you. I pray that each of us will carry with us an increased amount of joy. And I pray working together, whether it's supporting missions or being a missionary ourselves, maybe just talking to our brother-in-law about committing his life to Christ. We'll have many opportunities and many reasons to be joyful, but Lord, most of all, we wanna have an impact. Not for one at you first assembly, it's not about us, it's about you and the kingdom of God. May we have an increasing impact in the government of Jesus Christ as you build the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.